is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Want to thank R&B Car Company. If you're looking for a used vehicle, Tiger, go to rbcarcompany.com. All right. What else do we have here? A couple of little things here. Just before we move on to some other stuff. Is it 5 o'clock already? Holy smokes. I legit did not know it was 5 o'clock. It has just been one of those one of those days. Good day. Just one of those days. Uh, Ford Motor Company. Ford wants their cars back from the NRA. Now, apparently Ford gave the NRA some cars. They want the a federal bankruptcy court to seize cars that have been leased to the NRA amid the uh, the bankruptcy. Uh, Ford Motor Company asked a federal court on February 24th to seize all cars leased to the NRA and to cancel all leasing agreements after the group missed its January payments. The company said in court filings, the NRA is not able to offer an adequate protection of Ford's interests in the vehicles. Uh, then we have a California teacher u- teachers union boss. Okay, now California teachers unions are are amazing creatures. They're still the ones running around and saying it's racist to want minority kids to get an education. Think about that one for a little bit. California Teachers Union president who has opposed reopening public schools over COVID and the alleged health safety concerns. What's You know what's funny? Before I finish this sentence, okay? What's so funny about this is how frequently we catch teachers union senior officials who oppose reopening completely violating their own advice and their own mandates for their membership and you know recently we had the uh, teachers union president in chicago fly off tell everybody stay home don't leave your house fly off to go to vacation with the caribbean or wherever it was and was actually um posting two people to stay home and be safe while they were on the beach on this vacation. it's just complete out of touch nonsense right so this california teachers union president who again is opposed reopening schools okay they don't want kids to go back to school. It's a safety issue. The teachers might die. There's still people out there who believe kids are major spreaders of this virus, those poor, unfortunate souls. This teachers' union president who opposes reopening schools because of safety was recently videotaped dropping their daughter off at a private preschool. So once again, rules for thee, but not for me. Well, if it's a health and safety concern, then private school would be just as dangerous. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. We've got a double problem there. Now, I don't know a lot about California's educational system, but doesn't California have a public preschool, like a public option for preschool? I don't know. I could be wrong. It just, that's a leftist policy, and it seems like that would have been, you know, short-tracked in California. So, why is a teacher's union president dropping their kid off at a private preschool to begin with instead of a public one? Is it because the schools are closed? It's got to be because the schools are closed, right? But still, the audacity that a public teacher's union president would ever engage in business with a private school kind of goes against everything that they they stand for, right? 
Then, of course, you have them opposing reopening schools because of safety, but dropping their kid off without any concern for their own child's safety. Right. And here's, here's the thing, folks. You have to understand this very basic truth, and I know that a lot of people, they get mad at me when I talk about teachers' unions and things of that nature, and it's nothing against teachers, but teachers' unions, by and large, particularly the two large national ones and, and their affiliates, are some of the worst human beings I have ever encountered. And I genuinely mean that. Not the teachers themselves. I'm talking about the organization. It's one of the reasons that I devoted a large chunk of my career, particularly early in my career, towards teachers' unions and how they treat your children. Because they don't care about your kids. Now, the teachers who are members might, but the union doesn't care. We even have... The former head, I think it was the American Federation of Teachers, when he, when he was retiring, he's giving his retirement speech many years ago, and he goes, people keep thinking that this is about the kids. It's not about the kids. He basically talked about it being about the power of the union. So you've got the head of a teacher's union engaged in business with a private school and while opposing reopening schools, putting their daughter at risk according to them, by putting them in private preschool. Right. It's not about the kids. Not for these larger teachers unions. It's not about the kids. They don't care about the kids. This red for ed thing had nothing to do with children. Nothing to do with children. It was, in fact, a communist movement. A lot of teachers who participated didn't know that. They didn't know where it came from. But it wasn't ever about the kids. It wasn't even about the teachers. Unfortunately, parents, teachers, school faculty, the students, they all get kind of dragged into this political maneuvering when it comes to education instead of actually just focusing on what is important. Videotaped doing this. <laughs> See how long they're the president of that teachers' union. Uh, also, the former leader of France, Nicolas Sarkozy, has been convicted of corruption. He's been sentenced to jail. So, um, no word on if he's gonna, if he's going to um, have the security cameras go out and then, you know, not hang himself. We'll see. Hopefully, he'll be okay. But uh, he's the he's the short guy that everybody's always making fun of for being short. And uh, so, yeah, he's been convicted of corruption. All right, I ran into ran into something, and I wanted to go ahead and share it with all of you. As we played earlier, the Christy Nome thing, and Christy Nome was out there uh, on and CPAC, and she said what needed to be said. Fauci is often wrong. Yeah, he he's been wrong the entire pandemic. It's time for people to understand that. It's time for people to pay attention to that. Acknowledge that basic fundamental fact. You know, there are certain baseline things that we should all agree on before we enter into a discussion with one another. And one of those baselines should be Dr. Fauci has been wrong the entire pandemic, right? I'll give him credit for predicting the, the virus coming back in the fall. Cool. Uh, he gets, again, a lot of people say, well, of course he predicted it. It was scripted. Okay, I, whatever. That was a prediction that he gets a notch in his in his hat for. Now, I ran into some data here and I just, this is data as of February 24th. Because Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, she talked a lot about her state and how her state focused on the students and how her state focused on 
people's ability to pay their bills and to not be thrown out on the street. And that's one of the reasons that, of course, they stayed open. So in South Dakota, at one point in time, what led her to say that Fauci is wrong a lot is that Fauci had told her on her worst day she was going to have 10,000 people in the hospital. And on South Dakota's worst day, they had 600 people in the hospital. He's off by a little bit. Now, people have attacked Florida. People have attacked South Dakota. They're still attacking Florida. They're still attacking South Dakota to a degree. But they're definitely attacking Florida. And you'll see the attacks on South Dakota ramp up this week. You'll see that because she was a smash hit at CPAC. If you've never heard Christy Nome speak, you need to. She's really good. Wicked smart. There are people that you can just tell have a command of the language that can run circles around other people. She's one of those. And her dismantling of a reporter last week was why we played it on on the air. It was just one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. It was just awesome. But the reason I bring this up is because there is still, for some strange reason, in spite of literally every peer-reviewed study, saying that the lockdowns were bad, there is still a group of people out there who are calling for more lockdowns. They still exist. Those people are woefully uninformed, and they're willfully ignorant. And you have to say willfully ignorant because we are we're actually talking about settled science here. We know for a fact, based on every single solitary speck of data that has been developed through this pandemic, that the lockdowns were a mistake. And they were a mistake that was made because of a faulty study that was retracted by the Royal College, the Royal College, Imperial College of London, excuse me. And Oxford is the university that figured out that the Imperial College study was wrong. But that's the only reason we had lockdowns is because of that faulty study that got retracted. Well, once the lockdowns were in place, governments basically said, well, just keep doing them. Now, you get the virus. If you look at the the actual data on this, you get the virus at home from your family like 90% of the time. It might be a little bit lower than that. You almost never get the virus at the grocery store. You almost never get the virus uh, when you when you go shopping anywhere, really. You get it. You don't get it at a gym. Gyms are actually one of the lowest transmi- transmitters of the virus out there, which you know some people might find to be counterintuitive, but that's what the data shows. And the people who did get sick at restaurants and bars were the employees who got sick because they're in close proximity with other people at the restaurant and bar. Weren't the patrons. So if you look at the data, when you do a lockdown, you're actually forcing people to be in the environment, home, that is most likely to spread the virus. So as of February 24, 2021, the average COVID-19 fatalities per million people in the United States, lockdown states, 1,558. So that's fatalities per million people as of just a few days ago. In lockdown states per million people, COVID fatalities, 1,558 per million people. In free states, it's 1,475 per million. It's almost 100 less per million in free states that stayed open. Based, If you look at the COVID data, the states that locked down were the states that had worse cases of COVID, got over it less, obviously destroyed their economy, had issues with protesting and that sort of thing. 
and also more people died. Whereas the states that did not lock down had a much easier go of it. Now, this is the official data. I'll put it in the Daily Show prep. You can take a look at it, but this is the official data. This is not coming from, you know, some some radio host somewhere who's just saying it. This is the official data. Per million people, fatalities for COVID-19 as of February 24th. Lockdown states, 1,558 per million. Free states, 1,475 per million. Almost 100 less per million in free states. How many more people could be alive today if people didn't shut down based on a faulty study that got retracted? More coming up. News 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, I'm not done with COVID yet. And I can't be done with COVID yet. Because there's a couple of other things that have to happen. And you just heard Brooklyn Beatty tease that more people are now eligible for the vaccine. And that's going to continue to happen. Uh, Johnson and Johnson says now that they've been approved, Johnson and Johnson says they'll be shipping vaccines out, you know, immediately. So things are going to go much quicker for those of you choosing to get the vaccine. Um, for the people who are not choosing to get the vaccine, things now get really complicated. What are we going to do? And I was, I was talking about this again at lunch, and I know that I've mentioned this to all of you before, many times before. But what I find interesting about the vaccine issue and the vaccine debate is that most of the opposition that I see to the vaccine doesn't come from anti-vax leftists, doesn't come from Trump supporters, most of the opposition to the vaccine that I see actually come from medical personnel, nurses and doctors. That's where I'm seeing most of the opposition coming from. It's very interesting to to watch this sort of play out. And look, there's a lot of people who are just not thrilled with the new technology and, and that sort of thing. Um, Israel, again, having, having a great time with this thing. The other concern is what does it do long term? You know, that sort of thing. We'll, we'll get to that in just a, a minute because uh, I hashtag told you. Do you remember me telling you, ladies and gentlemen, here, for those of you on the live stream, let me just move this over for it. Do you remember me telling you that there was debate? This was, this is in last spring, that there was debate in the medical community that the flu is gone and that COVID will now be the seasonal flu and you'll have to get a shot every single year every single year for covid you remember me telling you that all those months ago this is almost a year ago guys almost a year ago i told you that okay a little bit less pfizer ceo every year you will have to get your annual shot for covid hashtag told you so well hashtag told ya because we shortened it from told you so to told you uh-huh Pfizer said this week it's begun testing a third dose of its COVID vaccine and a new modified version to address variants for years to come. Told you. Despite the purported 95% effectiveness of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla announced on Thursday last week that the vaccine maker is testing a third dose of its vaccine in anticipation for an annual booster shot. Now, for a lot of you out there who listen to the show, I realized that was common sense when I said it back then, about a year ago. 
and it's common sense that I'm saying it right now. But you have to understand something. There's a lot of people out there who just refuse to accept that I could be right again, and they ignored it. And now, all of a sudden, they're going to be hit with this. Do you see that the UK reported zero cases of seasonal flu? And as I've told you before, the PCR test, you've got epidemiologists, not me, epidemiologists telling you that the flu hasn't gone anywhere and it's just as robust as it always has been. We've just renamed it COVID and that the actual number of COVID cases is much smaller than has been reported. Now, I'm not saying that. The experts are saying that, and it is imperative that you understand that because there's still so many of you out there who just refuse to listen with both of your ears who think that I'm making that claim on my own. No, I quoted the epidemiologists who made that claim. And then I told you about the doctors who personally reached out to me to point out that the PCR test was in fact doing that. And I had told you this months and months and months ago, And then right after the election was done, we ended up finding an interview with Dr. Fauci in which he admitted the same thing, which had been hidden from the public until after the election. And I thought that that was really convenient. Whether you like me or not, for those of you listening right now, I have probably given you the most accurate information about this pandemic of any other source you've ever had, if you were paying attention. So now Pfizer is looking at an annual shot. You're going to have to get annual COVID shot. Hashtag told you. New York Times. New York Times is being attacked for citing unpublished research, which, let's be honest, unpublished research is about 98% of what the news media has presented to the public about COVID. New York Times is being blasted for citing unpublished research inciting fear about a new COVID variant. Hmm... Hashtag told you on that one, too. And for the record, it was Oxford who tipped me off that this story about this new, more severe COVID was bogus. Oxford University. Yeah, the prestigious Oxford University, who's been more right about this pandemic than any other institution of higher learning globally. Period. End of story. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. But Biden opened another child migrant facility. Another one? This one is uh, one that had been... It was closed by Trump because it was contaminated with military waste. Trump had actually closed this detention facility in Florida. And... Uh, it, it, I, what, why do I, what else can I say? I, I don't know what else to say. You can't trust your traditional media anymore, folks. You can't. If anybody were worth their salt, they would be ripping this to pieces for various reasons, just like they ripped it to pieces under Trump. We, we talked about this before. Nobody cared about kids being separated from mommy and daddy and thrown in their own cage under Obama. Nobody cared. There was like one person in Congress who raised a red flag about it. I don't even remember the guy's name. And then under Trump, that policy all of a sudden became the most horrendous human rights violation ever. And then Biden starts reopening the exact same facilities and people are like, no, 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 they're totally different, yo. It's, it's just, it's, it's different. 
This is different now. Well, now he's opening one in Florida that was closed by Trump because it was contaminated with military waste. They've reopened it. They've reopened. I'm sure they're going to tell you that they had, you know, Molly maids come in and scrub it clean and everything is fine. I'm sure that's going to happen. No, no. It's not contaminated with military waste anymore. We hired cleaners. <laughs> I, 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 what do you say? What do you say to this? I wish... Okay, hold on. I ran into something here the other day. <clears throat> and I want to share it with you because this is going to be another hashtag told you. Okay? But people are getting people are getting it. They're starting to understand what I have been telling you for a long, long time. So let me open this up here. Hold on. Okay. Throwing it up on the live stream so you all can see it. A modest proposal for Republicans. Use the word class. Now, how long have you heard me tell you about the political class? The political class versus you and me. The political class versus us. That's the battle that is happening. It is not Republicans versus Democrats. I know that they want you to think that. And yes, that there is a battlefield in which that is what is occurring. But by and large, it is the political class versus us. Somebody's getting it. Use the word class. War on the upper class media. Not mainstream media now. Upper class media. The, one of the reasons that I did this was because the phrasing is effective at messaging. It's why I started doing the political class versus us years ago. People are wising up to it. They're getting it. They're getting it. I, I won't get any credit for any of this, by the way. But they're getting it. This is your new term for mainstream media. Upper class media. They're getting it. The way that you frame it by using the word class, it changes It changes the argument. The way that the argument leaves your mouth and goes into somebody else's ears, it is more effective at messaging. Class, you have to use that. But again, upper media, upper class media, that's fine. But you always have to remember it's the political class versus us. They just use the media as their tool. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson. News Talk 90. You know, the other night, my eight-year-old, she, you know, she's read the book many, many times, but she came to me and she goes, I read all of what Fox on Socks, I think is what it is. And that is uh, Dr. Seuss' book. It's a very difficult book to read. She's been reading it for years. It's a very tough book to read. And, you know, she's still proud that she gets through it because she knows it's a difficult book to read. And she actually reads it full speed. She does really good with it, uh, but she hadn't read it in a while. And sometimes when you when you don't read that, uh, it's difficult for you to get through the first time, maybe the second time that you're trying to go through it again, for those of you who don't know. And so she read it. And she's like, Dad, I read it again. I'm like, awesome. I was like, how did you do? She did great. She didn't stumble all that much. And I thought that that was, that was awesome. Now, here's, here's the problem with that book, though. It's a Dr. Seuss book. 
And Dr. Seuss books, which we all know and love and have provided a, a tremendous foundation um, for a lot of us in reading and things of that nature. If you don't know the science behind the Dr. Seuss books and how they help kids learn, then you, know, you need to look that up. Um, but this is, this is something that we have seen be instrumental in our daughter's development, and we assume our second daughter uh, when she's ready. But the Virginia school system, now this is not the first school system to do this. We've talked about other school systems doing this, but the Virginia school system has now banned Dr. Seuss books from their Read Across America program because of strong racial undertones. Dr. Seuss, whose real name is Theodore Geisel. Did I say that right? I don't know. Is famed for classics including Horton Hears a Who, The Grinch, Green Eggs and Ham, but the Loudoun County school system now also says that his work has strong racial undertones, according to the Washington Post. Dr. Seuss. Now, if you don't understand why this is so laughable, you need to get yourself acquainted with Dr. Seuss. According to a school spokesman, how dare you assign gender, the district said that they are looking towards books that are more inclusive and diverse and reflective of our student community about Dr. Seuss. I, that's, that's an early qualifier for the peak derp award for this year. I don't know how else to say it. If there's a theme for Monday, it's that everybody is an idiot and I don't know how to describe them to you. That's the theme for Monday. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, buy a 3D printer. Glory to you and your neighborhood. Here's Bill O'Reilly. You have a wonderful night. We'll see you tomorrow.